Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview show in conjunction with the Reading Chronicle. It's been uh, not a great week for Reading Football Club. A couple of defeats and sadly both of them deserve one against Middlesbrough and one against, yeah, we can barely believe it, Wickham as well. <laughs> to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Reading Chronicle's Matt Joy. How are you doing, Matt? Yes, yeah, very well. Thank you, Paul. It's, uh, it's nice to be back in the swing of things, but uh, obviously I couldn't Mark my return with a with a win, and it was a as you said a bit of a bit of a worrying evening at Adams Park. Yeah, definitely good to have you back, Matt. Um, just looking at that performance and kind of the lineup before is the big discussion. Are we concerned about the manager and his kind of choices in those areas, or do we say, look, we're fifth in the league, it's all okay, let's not go overboard on that? I think uh, you know the, the manager's received a lot of praise throughout the season when he's got things right, so. When he's got things wrong, it you know it's, it stands to reason that there should be a few questions aimed his way. I think some of the reaction may have been a little bit over the top, you know, but it, it the decisions were certainly strange. I mean, you know, to line up with essentially four centre halves and then three defensive midfielders, you could argue with you know, Semedo um, by trade as a defensive midfielder. So you've got seven players there at right? your 10 outfield players who are better you know defensively than they are offensively and against the side who are struggling you know who are marooned at the bottom of the table it, it think i think it maybe gives a gives them a bit of a uh, a boost because it shows that maybe a, a sense of uh uncertainty and a, a sense of caution from the manager where you don't want that in those sort of games. You want Reading to, you know, come out and look to to dominate from the off. And it was it was the polar opposite. I mean, aside from a, a half an hour spell in the first half, I, I would say after the quarter of an hour mark, which I thought Reading were really good in that in that spell. It was yeah, Wickham outfought, out out thought, and outplayed Reading. Yeah, I, I think they got the three points they deserved to get them. There's there's no doubt on that. Um, not going to belittle anyone there because that's no. the situation we're in. But with the Lucas Jow penalty miss, that's been talked about so many times and we all know the situation now. First of all, Matt, would you take him off penalties? And B, who would you put to replace him? I think I, I may take him off um, just to take that burden off his shoulders a little bit. I think, you know, his form from the spot hasn't been great, you know, in the last sort of couple of months. What was bizarre for me, and I, I felt watching it, that as, as he sort of did the, the stuttering run-up, it looked like the keeper had already committed before he'd struck the ball. So you think if he's got his eyes on the keeper, it's just a case of rolling it the other way. But he went for power. It was, I think that, that without meaning to overanalyze that, I think that showed perhaps that he's not confident from the spot. The fact that he tried to just put everything behind it and break the net isn't as sort of accomplished and as calm as we've seen him this season. You know, he's been in front of goal. He's at times been so clinical, so cool. But that was a sort of polar opposite, I felt. So, yeah, I, I would perhaps look at taking him off. In terms of who's the replacement, you would have thought that prof any professional footballer can, can strike a ball from 12 yards. I, I would have been tempted to perhaps bring Pushkas off the bench when the penalty was awarded. Um, that, is a, that is a big, bold move. We talked about that on the podcast, to bring a player mm. on to take a penalty. I mean, other fans have said that as well, and his penalty record is brilliant, so I can see yeah. that. But, yeah. whoa, what the pressure yeah. coming on, taking a the penalty there. Imagine that. 
Well, I think it is pressure, but in a sense, it also shows the, the faith that the manager has in him. You know, if he steps up and scores that, he'll be over the moon because he'll have, the trust that he'll feel from Paunovic would be would be great. And I think we'll see more of George Pushkas in the coming weeks. I think there, there may be a little bit of a rejig in terms of how ready play because I think I don't think it's a sense that teams are, are have worked them out, but without Swift in the midfield, especially. I think Lucas Zhao on his own up front looks a little bit isolated. And when he is sometimes marked by two, sometimes marked by three players, it's very, very hard for him to produce the magic. He needs to have a little bit more support. And um, that, that wasn't really there on Tuesday night. You know, Wickham, absolute full credit to them. I thought they were brilliant. Even when they had 10 men, it looked like Reading with a team with 10 men. Their energy was fantastic. Their application was fantastic. One thing I really noticed as well as we were sat uh, near basically all the, all the subs and all the, the players who weren't featuring players like uh, Bioac and Fenwa and the noise that they were creating, the the enthusiasm that they were giving their team, it just seemed that Reading, had, they seemed like they were strangled. They were, you know, so so vocal in their support and that, that translated onto the pitch and it just looked like Reading went into their shells a little bit and that's that's not what you want to see. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, maybe that's been created by the manager's mentality. I think he's gone into a little bit of bunker mode. Results aren't going for him at the moment. And he's been limited by injuries. There's no doubt we've mentioned John Swift. There's also Yaku Mete. Lack of form from Lucas Jow, probably because those players aren't in the team. So Lucas Jow is now only getting one chance a game maximum. Mm. And there's no any striker in the world is going to start getting really stressed out at that kind of very small amount of chances because it just puts so much pressure on you. I do wonder how it would have affected Lucas Jow if George Puskas would have come on to take that penalty that. That would have been an interesting dynamic, wouldn't it, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly would. And, you know, that's perhaps, in theory, that's a good idea, whether that would ever be put into place. I, 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 I'd be surprised, but... Yeah, there is a lot of pressure on on Dijon and as you said, with the injuries to players like Mate, Pushkas obviously is coming back to fitness now, but there is a lot of pressure on his shoulders to get things right because when he's not scoring, Reading tend, more often than not this season, Reading haven't got the results. So that is a big burden on anyone's shoulders and to try and play your way out of that burden is very tough to do when you are as isolated as he looked on Tuesday night and as well marked as he was when when you know you, you barely get a sniff, that's when it does become very tough. But I think at times I'd like to see him do a little bit more off the ball. That would be my only criticism. Sometimes I think we've addressed it before in previous podcasts. He looks a little bit uh, when things aren't going his way. The frustration's quite evident, and that sometimes is translating into the way he plays. So I think to get out of a little bit of a rut that he may well find himself in, I think. There has to be a little bit more application uh, in his sort of all-round game. I would like to see, but then again, it's you know, it's there's eleven men on the pitch, and <clears throat> you know, more more needs to be done to support him and to take that burden off. Yeah, t- t- I totally agree on that. I mean, we just look at one player that I think nearly all the players in the team have dropped down a bit. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a case of just one player. I think there's a whole bunch of players that have dropped down. You look at the goal that Wickham scored. I think maybe sometimes Morrison just kicks that away and yeah, just yeah. doesn't react. It's a combination of Holmes, Lauren, Raphael. 
just a whole bunch of things just not quite happen. We can take advantage. I mean, that's mm. fair enough. But it's just, I don't know. It's a bit of a kind of, we've got into a site of, um, I don't know, a chasm of concern. It's a little mm. bit worrying. And when think we think about what's coming up at the games, we've just got to need to pick up points, don't we? Yeah, I think just in addition to that, I'd say it just looks a little, there's a little bit of hesitancy. There's a bit of second guessing, you know, is this the right pass to make? Who Whose ball is this? You know, early in the season when Reading were picking up results week in, week out, they were ruthless, especially in front of goal. But, you know, around the pitch, it was everyone knew their jobs and everyone more often than not was, you know, making the right moves. But there just seems to be a little bit of doubt seems to have creeped in the minds of pretty much all the players, I'd say, you know, and there's a bit of that, I think, as you said, players have dipped off. I mean, I thought Elise and Ajaria were good in the first half, but then I think the set pieces deliveries were, especially from Elise, you know, we've seen earlier throughout this season what he can produce from dead balls, but they were just not quite there. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a combination of a lot of those factors. Uh, but in a season like no other, when games do come so thick and fast, there's not that time to work your way out of it. You know, it's the, the improvements have to be made almost instantaneously. And if Reading failed to do so, other clubs like Wickham did, and I feel like Rotherham may, um, may sense that and sense that uncertainty and, and punish Reading for it. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely massive game. I went into the Wickham game saying that it was a must win, not because of the point situation alone, just because if we didn't win, I knew this pressure would come on us. Everyone could see that. If you don't beat Wickham with their record and situation... Mm-hmm. But Rotherham, they're slightly better than Wickham as well. So I feel that is going to be a very tough match. I know we beat them 3-0 in the early game in the season, but Rotherham had a lot of possession in the first half. and with a little bit more quality, they could have easily taken the lead. And any team that takes a lead against us at the moment is going to feel pretty confident, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you, I'd agree with all of that. And I think the big the big factor is whether Yakumete does return. Um, Panovic... Spoke speaking to him after the game, um, he said that you know there's there's every chance he's he's in the final stage of his recovery and thankfully his injury doesn't look as bad as first feared. But that would be a massive boost. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Rotherham, you know, just going through the stats, they, their goal difference in home games is only minus one, despite the fact that you know that you would think that given their league positioning, it's been um, it's been a lot different. I was quite impressed with them when they came down to Berkshire earlier in the season. I think they've been struck with a lot of injuries this year and, you know, the the games have been decided by the odd goal here and there. And it's, I think if Wickham wasn't a must win game, I certainly think that the Rotherham game will be um, because for for no other reason that, you know, the gap is really closing between the the chasing pack players, uh, sorry, teams like Cardiff are really, Picking up, you know, picking up a great load of points in recent weeks. But on the flip side, we have seen Reading go through uh, some challenging form before this season. I think the the defeats to, I think it was Stoke at home, Preston at home, that kind of run of a, a few games a, around that point. Panovic said at the time, you know, he believes in his team, he believes in the mentality of the side. And after the Brentford defeat, you know, went on a almost two month or so unbeaten run. So it can change very quickly and, you know, Reading, if let's say hypothetically go and win the next two, three, even four games, 
these conversations will feel like an awfully long time ago. So it does change so quickly in football. In, in two weeks' time, we could be sitting here licking our lips at the prospect of Saturday's game. Again, but it doesn't doesn't quite feel like that at the moment. Yeah, we could be sat here kind of this time next week, kind of anticipating a 9p, 9-point week, which would be crazy. Precisely. It's not possible yeah. at all if you look at the fixtures. We've got Rotherham, then we've got Blackburn, and then Sheffield Wednesday. Those are games that we could win. We could also lose all of them. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that can yeah, happen yeah. right now. But what is your prediction for tomorrow? Uh, I think Reading will. I think they will win. I think Paunovic definitely gave enough. I think in his interview with myself and with Jonathan Lowe that there was there's a there's a belief in his team. There's an acceptance that what needs to improve. And I, I do think that perhaps it might be a turning point that Wickham defeat. I think it may have just kick-started a few things or it may kick-start a few things and I think that with the pressure on I think Reading will respond and I think it'll be a tight one but I'm going to go with 2-1 Yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1 as well. Blind faith I feel a little bit from both of us there Matt but, perhaps, um, perhaps, <laughs> there's a, perhaps there's a part of that as well. Yeah, well that's good it's a Reading FC podcast so cheers and thanks a lot for joining us and now it's time for Matt Williamson with the opportunity Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thanks, guys. I'm here with Mick from the Rotherham United podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Mick? I'm also bad, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, thanks. Um, so we, we're coming up to Rotherham this weekend. Uh, yeah. Earlier in the season, uh, we managed to win at our place um, 3-0. How has your season gone since then? Um, pretty much that day kind of summed it up, really, <laughs> so far. It's, it's been very up and down. It's been very, very up and down. We suffered uh, right, up to, right up until just after Christmas with a horrific, an, an horrific run of injuries um, for sort of first first team, you know, starters, if you like, first team players, and who would have been first names on the team sheet. And we're just about getting most of them back. Um, so it was it was a toil up to Christmas. Follow just after Christmas and into January, it went really well. Uh, and then it's just taken a bit of a turn over the last three games. So uh, up and down. I could have just said up and down, couldn't I, really? Uh, it's always good to hear a nice long answer. Um, yeah. So <laughs> with, with that in mind, how confident are you in avoiding relegation if you've got those guys coming back into the side now? Well, uh, still reasonably confident. I think, we're gonna, I think we, we've certainly got enough quality to get out of it. Um, the issue we're having, I mean, we played Forest last night. We lost one 0 to Forest at, at our place, uh, and I was discussing the match with somebody at work today. And, and, and the way I described it, and looking back at it, 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 it seems a pretty, pretty apt description. It was like it was like two punch drunk boxers having a having a having a slogging match uh, last night. You know, two teams that looked tired, weary, and devoid of any real ideas. Um, and, and and that is a real worry, certainly from our point of view. Forest are obviously in a different position. They've managed to drag themselves out of it. We haven't. Um, 
it's time for a change for us in terms of personnel i think just because of of, of tiredness um so so yeah it's I, i'm not particularly looking forward to this weekend i'll be honest with you yeah so i mean people who haven't been keeping up with rotherham season might look at the position you are but you had a pretty good start to 2021 you were kind of yeah. winning or drawing here and there uh but as you say in the last few games that's kind of um, gone off the boil. What changed in that that period of time? Well, we went we went to Everton in the FA Cup in the, the, the you know third round weekend, um, and and in the ninety minutes we we ended up drawing one apiece. We we could and probably should have won that game. Um, I'm really really glad we didn't. Really glad uh, because the last thing we needed were any for any more games. Uh, but that certainly instilled a lot of confidence in the players and it, it kind of just made them realise that they are more than capable of holding their own. And they are. There's no doubt about that. Um, but then the last three games, it's it's sort of gone on a bit of a spiral. But we, we, had, we had to travel to Norwich on a Wednesday night. Uh, sorry, Bournemouth on a Wednesday night. Um, and then a quick turnaround to the Saturday game away at Norwich. Um, so you've got obviously two top teams there. Who, who like to play football and will run you ragged, and they did run us ragged. But then we had another quick turnaround to a Tuesday game. So we play a very high pressing game, a very energetic game, um, and 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 three games of that nature in such a short space of time, I think, is just taking its toll. Plus, obviously, I've got my football sports excuses uh, pad out here, and I'm on page three, and you know we've got we've had two long trips away, two long trip away trips, but. In all seriousness, obviously, it does have an effect, have an impact. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping it's just a blip. Um, you know, we get an extra day's rest before Saturday because we played Tuesday, uh, as, as did you. But hopefully that'll sort of give us a little bit more uh, more time to get our act together a little bit. Because you haven't actually scored in the last three games and the number of shots you've had is way down. Um, mm. Is that is that the same reason? Is that just down to tiredness? Like you guys are struggling to create those chances? I think, the, I mean, obviously, bear in mind, we played Bournemouth, who were who, who sort of um, defensively are pretty good and, and, a, and a good football inside. We hit the bar, we had one cleared off the line. Begovic pulled out. Pulled pulled one a shot from uh, from one of our players. Uh, literally was going to skim the crossbar on the inside of the post, and how he pulled it out there, I don't know. You know, he just pulled off an absolute world. We could have, we could and should probably should have won that game with the chances that we had. Um, Norwich, I mean, they took their foot off the gas after they after they uh, after they, they scored the first goal and kind of more concentrated on diving about all over the floor and screaming. Um, but we could have and, and probably should have scored in that game as well one cleared off the line another one hitting the bar again um and then likewise last night we hit the bar again you know the goalkeeper pulls off a couple of decent saves so we've had the chances we've created them but we're not taking them um and and that was a worry at the beginning of the season and we seem to have fallen back into that yeah because the championship is it's a bit of a cliche but it's a league of fine margins like mm. there are there are a lot of good teams in this league and even those coming up from you know, League One can, can have shown that they can challenge. You guys yeah. have a history of being a bit of a yo-yo team. Um, yes. How do you take that next step and become an established championship side? Uh, if you're asking me as a, as a Rotherham United supporter, 
I think the chairman, the management team are, are doing the right thing. They're investing in players uh, and they're looking, they've got a long-term plan and a long-term vision for the club. Um, if you're asking me today, um, on Wednesday the 24th of February, how I feel about it, I would say I'd rather be in League One. I hate the championship at the moment. I hate it with a passion. I hate it with as much passion as I love my club. Um, I just, it, it, the, 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 I don't know, it, it's just the culture of, of a lot of play, individual players, not clubs, individual players at individual clubs um, who, who are just cheats, essentially. And there are so many of them. And then they're not good enough cheats to manage to get themselves into the Premier League you know what I mean? They just so so they're in the championship. We couple that with the the, the standard of officiating, and I'd be interested to know your view on this as as a sort of established championship club. Uh, the standard of officiating I've seen in the championship this season and the last time we were in there and the time before that is as bad as any I have ever seen. Um, League One, the the refereeing and and, and linesmen assistant referees in League One are streets ahead, streets ahead of the championship. So, you know, you couple that with us being a, a perennial strugglers uh, in the championship in terms of lack of investment, and it, and it starts to it starts to grate a little bit. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I don't like the championship, don't want to be in it. <laughs> that's just me. My own that's really bit. interesting, though, because, like, most... Most championship fans, or sorry, not most championship fans, but there are a lot of championship fans that would say the same thing about the Premier League, mm. uh, for example. That yeah. maybe like the links between clubs aren't there, like you go into plastic stadiums, things like that. Um, I completely agree about the standard of officiating. Um, mm. Reading fans, I think, all would agree with you. There was a match where uh, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday where we had four penalty yeah. shouts turned down. Oh, no, well, and yeah. I, I think two or three of them were completely blatant. It was it was unbelievable. Um, some some of the decisions that we've seen over the years, uh, yeah, you just you can't explain them really. No, uh, no. Coming back to this season, um, last time <laughs> out we saw you play a four three three, and mm -hmm. you seem to have moved to a, a four uh, five three two or three five two, depending on yeah. you know uh, how you how you're going. Um, why why did you make that change? Um, we were struggling in terms of we we. we we like to play with wingers. We like to play with two wide players, and basically they're all they were all out injured. That 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 is the bottom line, uh, and one of them still is. He came back and unfortunately did his knee before he managed to get back on the uh, on the pitch. Um, so so he, the, the Warney decided that he would he would switch it round. We got three, four very experienced central defenders um, and, and very good central defenders. Um, so he, he just he obviously just experiment, experimented with it, and it worked, and it, and it and it has worked. It's worked really, really well. Um, however, coming up onto Saturday, we've got two one out injured, one one uh, central defenders. We've got our captain who's out injured with a groin injury, and is the vice captain or his standing captain is now took, took another yellow card last night, so he's suspended. So we've gone from sort of four central defenders to two. Um, so it, uh, you might see a change in formation on uh, on on Saturday, but it did it just suited the players that were available to us, um, and it put Michael Smith and Matt Crooks up front, uh, and they they formed a fantastic partnership from that Everton game on. You know they were just scoring for fun, um, 
but I think tiredness has now crept in and, and, and it is time for a change. And I think you will see a change probably in, in formation on Saturday. Just needs must really. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Reading have gone completely the other way, um, just, just so you know, um, in that we've had a lot of injuries as well. And instead of changing formation, we have tried to fit uh, a CDM into attacking midfield, centre-backs mm. out wide to the full-back area. So it's interesting to see how different managers cope with those kind of situations. Mm. And obviously those situations this season have been a, a lot more common than maybe in previous yeah. because of the schedule. Yeah. Um, who would you say your best players are um, either out injured at the minute, who we won't get to see at the weekend, or in your current lineup? Oh, you won't. You won't get to see Chio or Benny, who is um, uh, a winger, a right winger, who is just—he is grease lightning. The man is just terrifying. However, you'll not get to see him, so we're not. We're not. Rob, we're not really bothered talking about him. Um, Matt Sunday uh, is our right wing back, um, who is is just an exceptional player. He's he, again. He's, he's absolutely like lightning. He's American. We got him from Man United, um, and he and he is just he is like absolute grease lightning. Um, however, he's been off the boil for the last couple of games. Matt Crooks is another one that's been scoring goals and, and attracted quite a lot of attention. He, he sort of plays that false nine role um, behind behind Michael Smith. He's off the boil. He really is. He looks exhausted. Um, so <laughs> difficult to tell you really nobody's playing well at the moment so i wouldn't say to you you really need to look out for x y or z nobody is, is playing particularly well um the only possible bright spark out, out of that and a lot of rotherham fans would disagree with me um is a young lad called ben wiles who's a rotherham lad um and and he is he, he will be a premiership player eventually central midfielder um and and he, he he really is a class act but he's looking tired i keep saying that don't i but but literally <laughs> they, they all are so uh, so there's a few names for you there but i'm not convinced at the moment the way they were playing that they were going to cause you that many problems i hope i'm wrong from a rather united point of view but i i just can't see it I think, as you say, that's one of the problems with playing a high-pressing style, especially yeah. in a year where you, you we've condensed the fixture uh, schedule. Um, so I guess final question, really. You've sort of touched on it. Uh, Reading and Rotherham both aren't in great form. Uh, do you have confidence going in Saturday at all? Is there anything you can point to? I mean, I know you might not have seen a lot of Reading, but I would say that we struggle against teams that press high, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, when we played you at your place, I think in that first half, there was a 15-20 minute, minute period where we had something like 70% of the possession uh, because we were pressing we were pressing so high, uh, and, but we got sucker-punched. Um, so, um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have I'm any confidence going into the weekend? No, no, no. I don't even have any confidence in me remembering what they were playing on. <laughs> no, well, I I did this podcast last week and I couldn't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is your prediction then? Uh, do Do you think it'll be a tight game? Do you like score prediction? A anything? If 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 he makes some changes and rests a few key players and 
the 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 changes he brings in play to their ability. I think yes, bearing in mind Reading's uh, current form, I, yeah, the, the game is winnable definitely for us. But I don't think I, I I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be one apiece. I think it's going to be one each. I think we're going to get back on the on the score sheet, but I don't think we're going to be able to uh, to to get three points out of it. It would be lovely for us. It would be vital for us really, but I don't think we're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think it will be a tight game given the recent form of the two teams. I'll go with a 1-0 win to Reading. That might be more optimism than, like, <laughs> based on anything. But, hey, you've got to be optimistic sometimes. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, well, Mick, thank you very much for coming on. Um, and good luck for the weekend and the rest of the year. Yeah, not a problem. Anytime, anytime. And pass our best wishes on to your colleague. I understand he's had a little bit of bad news recently. So, uh yeah, thank yeah. you very much. We'll do. Uh, uh, best wishes on to him. Thanks.